nobody's putting this baby in the corner. A Mars 2020 Ingenuity Update. I'm Tanya Hall, and joining me is Teddy Zanettos, robotics technologist and Ingenuity Mars Helicopter Deputy Operations Lead at NASA's JPL. Welcome back, Teddy. Thank you for having me back. Uh, really appreciate it. Of course. R remind our audience uh, what your responsibilities are in relationship to the Mars Ingenuity Helicopter. Sure. So uh, my title is the Deputy Operations Lead, um, and uh, uh, that's kind of evolved from our old uh, uh, engineering model uh, phase uh, responsibilities to our flight model phase to finally delivery to, to the launch pad. And now we're in the operations phase. And, and, uh, and now that we've succeeded our four out of our five flights, we're, we're transitioning from our technology demo to our operational demo. Um, but, uh, but yeah, what that means for the day-to-day, -day, uh, a couple of things when we're running our communications periods with the helicopter, uh, we'll call that downlink and uplink, we're downlinking data, and then we're sending data back up, the, command, the commands back up. Um, there's a couple of us that rotate the positions of, of uh, uh, coordinating the team, coordinating those uplink and downlink sessions, making sure everything's looking good, trending data, uh, comparing the health and, and status of, of the baby to uh, the prior 30 sols and making sure that everything's looking good. Uh, that along with coordinating activities on lab, um, any kind of tests that we need to run on lab uh, and, and kind of just team coordination in general. Ingenuity has been busy lately. So bring us up to speed on the activity. Sure. Uh, so yeah, uh, Ingenuity, the whole team's been very busy and, and Ingenuity's uh, doing great on the surface. Uh, Ingenuity loves to fly and it loves Mars. <laughs> uh, we're seeing, you know, she finally spread her wings and, and uh, her blades rather, and, and uh, she's doing great. Um, we've completed our fourth uh, of our five flights that, that were planned in the technology demonstration window in the month of Ingenuity. Uh, and uh, in a couple of days, we'll be coming up on our, on our final flight. Um, and and that, that kind of marks the end, right, uh, where we'll be transitioning over to our operational demo, our, uh, our, yeah, our operational demo, where we're trying, you know, push the boundaries even further, right? Uh, in a lot of ways, the mission's, the, the, the mission has succeeded, or, or in all ways, really, the mission has succeeded. After flight three, that was kind of 100%. We did what we came to do. We, we, we wanted to get our Wright Brothers moment on Mars. We did it three times. We proved it wasn't a fluke. Uh, and, and we kept pushing the boundaries for those three flights. Um, and when, we, when it came time to do the fourth, we said, all right, let's go for some distance. And that's what we did. Went 130 meters out, 130 meters back. Uh, got a lot of imagery. Uh, captured somewhere around 60 black and white downward looking images that we're using to kind of build a map together. And that's really going to be the foothold to, to figure out what comes next for us. Um, and thankfully, uh, JPL and NASA, uh, we're very excited about how well we're doing, how well the, the, the spacecraft's doing. And that's why they've decided to, to extend uh, from the technology or really evolve from the technology demonstration uh, mission, uh, ending that and now saying, okay, we're going to now make this more of an operational demo, right? Uh, what can we do? moving forward, how can we interact with the rover team on a much smaller kind of uh, uh, footprint, right? We're not gonna be, uh, we're not gonna be the, the attention uh, for uplink downlink. We're not gonna have the same resources. We're not gonna have the same amount of time and priority. So we're gonna see, you know, how does that work? Uh, and what lessons can we learn from that? Uh, and use those lessons to kind of 
you know, feed feed the future, right? Uh, we got a lot of critical engineering data from the from the technology demo, and now we want to get some operational demo, uh, uh, operational info from the operational demo. And really, all of it is to kind of support the future, right? Get all these lessons learned, package them up, uh, get them ready into into a format that potential future uh, rotorcraft missions or aircraft missions in general, uh, not just on Mars, but throughout the solar system may be able to leverage and use. You mentioned the Wright brothers. There's a piece of classic aviation history aboard Ingenuity. Tell us about the pride of the West. Sure. So um, our team is very superstitious. Uh, we have a lot of superstitions. Uh, You'll see, you know, in in some of the control room footage, you might see me, you know, knocking knocking on wood, knocking on my head. Uh, in fact, I'm wearing a, a very my good luck outfit in the control room there, um, and that superstition kind of carries over through a lot of other team members and a lot of other aspects of the project. Um, and we 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 were lucky enough to get a piece of the Wright brothers' original uh, fabric. Um, on board Ingenuity as, again, a good luck memento to bring us some some luck from Earth, to bring us some luck from the first aircraft uh, that humanity has ever flown uh, with us uh, as, our, as our final kind of ballasting uh, component and bring it with us to Mars and, and, and give us a little bit of good luck on our first flight. And it worked out. Uh, and it worked out four, four times in a row. And then we were going to keep on going. Uh, so yeah, we, we were very lucky to get a little bit of that fabric called the Pride of the West. Um, and uh, and and you know gently place that underneath the solar panel. Uh, there's some images uh, or videos I think floating around online where our mechanical engineers Josh Ravage and Chris Leffler were carefully trying to tuck it underneath some some wire bundles uh, and keep it safe. Um, but yeah, is a is another another story of of trying to bring some good luck to the project, uh, and and thankfully all it all worked out. What's been your most personally significant or memorable part of the mission so far? So I don't think anything can top the first flight, right? You know, that, that, I think that goes without saying for the whole team. Uh, that's been the moment where the team can finally exhale and say, okay, we actually did it, right? Uh, all these years of, you know, late nights and, and arguments and, and debates and uh, design trades and everything is finally been worth it right so i think that goes without saying uh flight flight number one uh was the biggie um for me personally right behind flight number one uh i, I would i would say is uh would be the downlink of the drop and drive so uh i'm not sure how familiar you are with, with, with the drop and drive or what happened during that day you, you want me to go into details with that um so let me, i'll take my cell phone here um the the day, the soul rather, that the helicopter was deployed uh, from Perseverance, um, there were a lot of critical things happening, right? Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of alarm clocks and or, or really there are timelines that we need to be aware of. Um, right before, uh, let me get another prop here. Uh, we'll stick with we'll stick with a pen here for now. So we we just finished our deployments where we were rotated to be vertical, right? And once we were vertical. Uh, but still hanging onto the belly of Perseverance, um, we were the batteries were charged up to 100%. At that point, the baby's ready, we're ready to deploy. Um, but the the critical thing to keep in mind here is once we get dropped, okay, that's great. We're now on the surface. 
but we're starting to drain our batteries, right? We have a massive rover above us blocking our solar panels and we're starting to just drain down. And we're draining down because we're using energy in the batteries to warm the batteries, okay? We have six lithium ion batteries all strung up in series uh, and around the batteries, around that central battery component, we have four PCBs. That's kind of the, the critical organs for ingenuity. You need to keep those critical organs within a certain temperature range. So we have to use the batteries to, to, to heat up that entire core. Um, so it was very, it was very important that as soon as, as soon as we were dropped onto the surface, that Perseverance was able to drive off as quickly as possible, right? Once, once everything was uh, looked good, right? Um, but we also wanted to make sure that the drop actually occurred because we don't want Perseverance to drive off if we're still attached. We had not designed for that, right? That wasn't, uh, that, that's not a use case that that, that you know you plan for. So there was a. Um, uh, Farah Alabe, who was the uh, our, our, our SOX lead, had this very intricate uh, kind of state diagram where, where he would say, okay, we're going to drop the helicopter, we'll check some electrical connections, and depending on those electrical connections, the rover will make a decision about whether or not it thinks it's safe. We'll beam uh, the, the intent of the rover back down to Earth, and we'll have, you know, dozens of minutes to, to, to look at it and either agree with what the rover decides or disagree. So that was the first critical kind of window. Thankfully, the rover made the same decision. We agreed with it on the ground. So we said, hands off, let's just let the let the rover do what it intends to do. And shortly thereafter, the rover drove off. And two hours and 15 minutes from the moment at which Ingenuity was dropped, um, there was a, a counter, a, a, an alarm clock started counting internally in our FPGA. Um, and at the two hour and 15 minute mark, it booted up our processor, our Snapdragon processor for the first time on the surface. For the first time since launch, actually. Uh, since all the way back in Kennedy Space Center where we did our final regression check, it's the first time it booted up. Um, and every, every time, th this happens every time Ingenuity wakes up, it boots up and then it turns on the radio system and the radio system just starts listening. And, and it's designed to just be listen only because we don't wanna be transmitting RF if the rover doesn't want us to, right? So it's just listen only. Uh, and right when it woke up, uh, shortly thereafter, Perseverance through, through the helicopter base station sent a radio signal over and said, hey, uh, can you send me some telemetry? And, and you know, thankfully, uh, the baby heard that request, replied back, uh, sent back some, some critical uh, telemetry data saying, here, here are my battery cell voltages, here are my temperatures, this is how everything's looking, right? And that data got packaged onto Perseverance and then sent back. And we're all in the control room waiting, um, waiting for this critical downlink to come down to indicate, A, not only did the drive succeed and, and you know, Perseverance drove off of us, but we got first communications and the communications show that the baby's safe. Um, so I'm, I'm, I remember standing there right behind uh, our, our, our tools lead, uh, Mike Starch, he's got his computer in front of him and I'm standing over his shoulder, you know, six feet behind him. Uh, and I'm, I'm trying to stare at the pixels on his screen where he has a command line terminal showing the number of data products that are coming in. And the number of data products will, is a key indicator of if it goes up, right? If, if it increases, that means we got data. And if we got data, that means that the helicopter is alive. And that means that this grand orchestra of interactions that, that were designed just for this drop and drive worked out and we can now begin the helicopter mission. 
and 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 I'm just sweating bullets staring at zero 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 and eventually boom it ticks up and we all freak out and we're like ah that was that was a moment of bliss to see that all those pieces clicked and everything worked out perfectly as tested as rigorously tested by the rover team and and it was I will remember that moment for the rest of my life. Flight one, you know, definitely, but that drop and drive first telemetry, that was a, 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 a nail biter for sure. Can't imagine what it's like to be there and, and experience all of this uh, with you, but thanks for taking us there. So yeah, <laughs> you mentioned solar power. Mm-hmm. What are some of the issues and challenges of using solar to generate electricity for operations on Mars? Uh, so the, the, the obvious one, the big one is you're at the mercy of the environment, right? Um, if it's particularly dusty, uh, if the, you know, that that's one thing to consider, not, not because of dust depositing on your solar array, but because of dust in the atmosphere, attenuating the total, uh, energy coming through the atmosphere and hitting your solar panel. Then there's also the deposition side of it, which is, uh, if there's dust falling on your array, accumulating slowly over time you know, that will also attenuate the amount of energy that you can get into your battery pack. Um, and that's actually a really interesting result that, that we're, we're looking at. And, and uh, I'm analyzing right now actually is the uh, health of the solar arrays over our flights, right? Uh, and, and trying to determine, you know, what sort of settling are we seeing between flights? And then what sort of self-cleaning might there be happening? That, the jury's still out on that. Uh, that, that analysis is still pending. Uh, but what I can say is that uh, the solar panel is uh, it's doing a fantastic job, <laughs> uh, like really just beautiful, beautiful job of, of, of getting all the energy in uh, to our battery packs. Um, and it's uh, day after day, we're seeing ourselves, you know, charge up to above 90 percent state of charge. Uh, we'll do a telemetry session or a flight we will discharge about 15 percent and then Sure enough, we're right back up to above ninety percent every day. So, so really, it's it's uh, it's performing just as intended and and a little bit better. Uh, so, so couldn't be happier with the performance of the solar array. But in terms of just the mentality of relying on the solar panels, right? You are at the mercy of the atmosphere, right? You 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 design for that, you build in margin for that, and, and you try and make sure that even on the dustier days, uh, or and even if your internal model isn't accurate and you wind up using more than you think you're going to use, you still have some left over to survive. And that's that, that mentality is built into everything that JPL makes, right? Uh, and especially we did the same thing on Ingenuity to make sure that we had enough energy budget at the end of the day so that you know when the sun rose and we could start getting some photons on the panel, we were there uh, ready and warm enough to, to take that energy in. NASA and JPL have done a great job of keeping us informed about the details and status of the mission. I want to let our audience know that um, an ingenuity resource that exists that lets Earthlings of all ages design, code, and play a Mars helicopter video game. In fact, you can find it on JPL's education page. But where can people go to find out more about baby success and maybe the team's accomplishment and maybe the mission updates? Sure. Uh, so definitely the JPL and Twitter pages. Um, the, the, sorry, the JPL Twitter page and Facebook page. Uh, NASA as well. Uh, the NASA TV YouTube channel is a great resource. Um, and uh, 
I couldn't stress enough, uh, especially for, for, for the young members of your audience out there, how impactful and important it can be to play around with these, these, these video games, which may teach you some of these fundamentals of programming, right? Uh, it is such a powerful concept. Once, you, once it clicks, once you get an idea of, oh, okay, here are these basic building blocks and you put them together in just the right order, something cool happens, right? Something that you had in your head, you put down in writing and then you just put hands off and it works. There's no other feeling like that in the world. So the, the sooner you can start that, the better. Um, for the more advanced uh, coders uh, in, in your audience, I would uh, point them to the GitHub uh, repository, the open source repository for F prime. That is the flight software architecture that Ingenuity is built around. Um, and you can learn a lot there uh, about how uh, to build flight software, uh, how to build reliable code, right? And, and you get a sense for what's running on, on Ingenuity itself. Um, and one quick, uh, one quick shout out since yesterday was uh, May the 4th. If you do wind up going to the Twitter page, uh, you might find an interesting bit of, uh, of, of text which came back from the helicopter yesterday. I highly recommend you guys all check that out. All right, mission accepted. <laughs> Ingenuity Mars Helicopter Deputy Operations Lead at NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory. If somebody wants to follow you, Teddy, what's the best way they can do that? Uh, LinkedIn uh, uh, is, is one way to uh, get in touch with me, ask some questions uh, about Ingenuity. Um, but yeah, uh, please follow the JPL and NASA uh, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook pages. Thanks again for your time on uh, Mars Time, Teddy. <laughs> Thank you very much. And find and subscribe to more of my interviews right here on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and at tanyahall.net. Thanks for watching.